All right, we are continuing the pattern that we've seen thus far in leadership that focuses on godliness and specifically in on provision and protection. My role, Pastor just drew our attention provision and protection. I presume that that was challenging to you as it was to me. We're now going to turn our attention to a man's call to physical provision and physical protection. Hand in glove, what Pastor Myrel just talked about. I would only distinguish it in this way. I think this, I hope this one feels a little bit more obvious. There's some points that I'm going to make in here that I hope the natural response in this room is to say, well, duh. And uh, that would be an appropriate response, but we need to make these points and we need to make them for two reasons. Number one, God's word affirms it. And so we should too. And second, because these things are being called into question culturally. And so we need to make a gracious but firm stance on a man's responsibility to provide and to protect physically. I'm gonna treat both of those. There's lots of overlap between them, but I'll treat them separately. First, we're gonna look at physical provision. Physical provision, the call of a man to provide physically. I'm gonna zero in on 1 Timothy chapter five. 1 Timothy chapter five, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. 1 Timothy chapter five, specifically verse eight. This is a text that asks the following question. If there are widows in the church, who's responsible to carry the financial burdens of those widows? If there are widows in the church, whose whose responsibility should it be to carry the financial burden of those widows? Paul responds to that question and he raises the stakes pretty high. And in it, we're gonna see a principle for our role as men. Answering that question in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The terminology in that verse, the terminology and the pronouns that dominate that verse are masculine. Paul is teaching that every man has an obligation to provide for his family physically and financially. He adds, especially for your own household. From that, we can take the principle that each man has an obligation to provide. He has an obligation to provide first for his household and second, even for relatives like widows or orphans within the family who are in need of someone to depend on. A man must provide for his own, especially his own household. Paul specifically says that if a man fails to physically and financially provide for his own family, he raises the stakes high. It is a denial of the faith and worse than an unbeliever. I mean, that's aggressive terminology. You are worse than an unbeliever, Paul says, if you refuse to provide for your own family. This is aggressive stuff. Let's ask the question that I think rises from this text. Why does the failure to provide for physical needs make you worse than an unbeliever? I mean, Paul clearly lays that out. How does the failure to provide physically make you worse than an unbeliever? Well, Pastor Myrell just talked about spiritual vision. Pastor Myrell's sermon on spiritual provision is only embraced as you are conformed to the image of Christ. Unbelievers do not provide spiritually for their families. 
unbelievers are not giving spiritual protection for their, for their wives, for their, for their families. Spiritual provision, spiritual protection, that's what godly men do. But the command of physical provision is more basic to your identity as a man. Said another way, godly men provide spiritually, but all men are created to provide spiritually. It is as a man, not just as a Christian man, but as a man, it is written on your soul. It is built into your DNA to feel the obligation to provide for your family. So, because even unbelievers do this, for a believer to refuse to provide for his own household makes you worse than them. Because this isn't just something that flows from spiritual maturity. It's something that flows from the fact that God made you a man. So to reject that, even unbelievers do that. To reject that is to be worse than an unbeliever. Paul says, because even wicked men are faithful to provide physically for their families. The failure to provide spiritually is a lack of spiritual maturity. The failure to provide physically is a twisting of God's very ring of humanity. It is a perversion of the divine order. It is a rejection of God's designation of you as a man. And so the stakes are high. The stakes are high. Physical provision is a burden as men are born to bear. A man provides for his family. That means a man puts a table. A man ensures that there is a roof over their heads, that there is clothing for them to wear. Providing for your family, I want to acknowledge providing for your family is somewhat culturally defined. Providing for your family means giving your family what it needs to function in the culture that you're in. Now, there are all sorts of questions from that. Many of you may have these questions now. We're short on time in all of these, so we're moving quickly on time to answer all these, but there's lots of questions that flow from this. What is, what is the minimum standard of provision? You know, can, can a wife work? Make more than her husband and a husband requirement that Paul establishes. What if a man is in grad school and his wife is the primary breadwinner during what if a man is disabled? Is it sin if a man is fired or laid off and can't provide for a limited season? Just this, there, there, we could spend a lot of time answering. Time to do that today. Happy to talk more afterwards. Let me just say this. Physical provision is primarily your concern. You bear this burden. You carry this mantle. If you, for a season, are unable to provide perhaps a physical reason or other, I think, I think we can acknowledge within God's sovereignty that that's going to happen, but it, but it bothers you. It bothers you. You're, you're recognizing this isn't how it's to be and God's sovereignty may find myself in this position, but I'm striving to fix it. Your desire is to provide and you will do what's necessary to make that happen as a man. Hear this clearly. It is sin to flip rules within your marriage, within your family. It is sin. It is sin for you to be the homemaker while 
placing your wife as the provider. That is a twisting of God's design. I want to acknowledge that there can be exceptions for seasons of time. There can be uh, certain situations that make this difficult for a man, but to simply flip the roles and say, I'm going to be the and my wife is going to be the provider is a rejection of the way that God has designed you to function as a man you must provide. That must be your burden. If you are putting your desires over the physical needs of your family, Paul says you're denying the faith and worse than an unbeliever. I want to look at the flip side of that for just a minute though. If I can encourage you, when you are providing for your family, Understand that you are fulfilling a God-given responsibility. You may hate your job. You may hate your job, but you are honoring God as you continue that daily grind of providing for the needs of your family. So remind yourself of that and work unto the Lord as you seek to satisfy this desire that God has written on your soul to provide, to provide, look after your own, especially, especially your own household. God's word teaches that God has called men to provide for their families. God's, also, God's word also teaches that he has designed men to provide physical protection for their families. So physical provision, just like we said, provision, spiritual provision, physical provision, spiritual protection, and physical God's design for men is that they are to protect others, not just spiritually, but physically. In Ephesians chapter five, verse five, when husbands are called to love their wives as leaders of their home, like Christ church, of the church, what is the example that is given for us for how we lead and love our wives? It is that Christ laid down his life for his bride. It's notable that the sacrifice that Jesus made on behalf of the church is a physical sacrifice. He laid down his life. It's notably physical. That greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. That is physical. There is physical that we are called to give as must be and quick to protect from physical danger to lay down their lives. You are to bear the burden of being concerned for the physical safety of your family. And even more broadly, I'd say that we as men are to bear the burden of the physical safety for the vulnerable in general, for the vulnerable in general, for children, for women. Why is this responsibility for men? Because this is how God designed us, physically and psychologically. By God's design, I know there are exceptions, but by God's design, men generally have more physical strength than women. By God's design, men generally naturally have the desire to be protectors. It is throughout history, men have fought wars, not women. In fact, in the book, an army that turns and runs away from their opponent prophet Jeremiah uses, it says, he says, they became like women before the enemy. It's not to say the women are cowards. It's not to say wrong women. It's to say that God specifically men to defend and to protect. In first Samuel chapter four, a pagan commander says to his troops, be men 
or you will become slaves to the Hebrews. Be men and fight. Those are good words from a pagan king. Talk about our physical responsibility to protect. So there's two categories for us to think through here. One would be reactive protection. Reactive protection, this is often spur of the moment. There is a threat that we observe, a threat that we perceive. Men must react. Now let's just, get, let's just get basic about this. You hear a sound in the house at night. You check the house, you're the man. You have a reason to suspect that your family or someone vulnerable is in danger. You react. I'm gonna read a quote from John Piper in the book, This Momentary Marriage. I commend that book to you, very helpful. We use that regularly in premarital counseling at Mission Road. John Piper writes this. If there's a sound downstairs during the night and it might be a burglar, you don't say to your wife, this is an egalitarian marriage. <laughs> you, don't, you don't say to your wife, it's your turn to go check it out. Even if she has a black belt in karate, after you've tried to deter him, she may finish him off to the solar plexus. But you'd better be unconscious on the floor or you're no man. And the fact that we're laughing together right now shows that there is something written on our soul here. Piper continues, that is written on your soul by God Almighty, big or little, strong or weak, night or day, you go up against the enemy first. That's true. That's true. We are called to that responsibility. We bear that burden. You may be familiar with the women and children first principle. When the Titanic was sinking, the order was given to load the women and the children into the lifeboat. There's a man named Joseph Ismay. You may have heard of him. He was a man who infamously boarded a lifeboat while women and children were still trying to get off the ship. He was labeled as the coward of the Titanic. American British labeled him as such. They his life because even unbelievers even unbelievers have a sense within them that a man should lay down his life for a woman or a child. Why is that there? Because let's acknowledge like humanistic, naturalistically, that doesn't make any sense. Why is that there? Because God put it there. We reactively protect. Let me encourage you men also, we don't just reactively protect, we take the initiative on ensuring this of others in your homes. You need to be thinking through. You need to think through that. How will I defend my family in the case of an emergency? That might mean, that might mean something like purchasing a firearm or keeping a baseball bat in the closet or something, but you're being proactive. You're thinking through it because this falls to you. In my household, I'm not there during the day generally. So proactive protection of my family means that my wife knows where those things are about reviewing what she should do in that kind of a situation. That's my attempt at proactive protection in my household. Proactive protection means that if you're kidding where you're going, you're aware as a father. In our day, maybe, again, we're getting nuanced here. Maybe that means keeping track of them on their phone or something like that. Maybe this means protecting your family and having something like 
Something like a life insurance policy. What, what if something happens to you? Will your family be cared for if you're gone? This is proactive protection, physical protection. When I was, Alyssa and I were newly married, I, uh, we were in a small apartment. Um, I was one years old when I was married to my wife and I regularly forgot to lock the front door of our apartment when we went to bed at night. And she didn't feel protected. She woke up and would see the front door unlocked and, and it would make her uncomfortable. And I didn't get it. In my foolishness, I would think, you don't have anything to worry about. And that was foolishness. Whether I was right or wrong about the threat, I was wrong because I wasn't taking into account how my wife feels in her physical safety. And I had to grow in that. I had to mature in that. Embracing my call to protect my family. Physical protection. It's written on your soul. It's written on your soul. God's design and God's word compels us to give up of ourselves for the physical well-being of those that he to us. So own it, embrace it, and do things, do these things as unto the Lord. If you're a young man, you're not at this stage of life where you're physically providing yet or necessarily physically protecting, you should start thinking of these things. If you'd like to be married one day, you're gonna look at that young lady's dad and if he's thinking rightly, his expectation will be that you will give up of yourself to provide for that woman. You'll lay down your life for her. You're giving him those reassurances. You need to start thinking in those terms. I'm not suggesting that you have to be in a career before you can be married. I'm not suggesting that. I'm, I'm suggesting that when you're taking on that responsibility, there's a level of ownership where you're saying, I will do whatever it takes to provide for this woman. And if God gives us children, I will do whatever it takes to provide for this family. And I will protect them. I will lay down my life because God has written that on your soul. Men in that stage of life, let's embrace that. Let's, that. let's be reactive. Let's be proactive. And men who are not yet there, start thinking in those terms. Start putting those tools in your belt.